You're listening to the Law of Attraction Radio Network. International success coach and noted author, Constance Arnold, delivers life-changing strategies through her own spiritual practices, as well as with best-selling authors and experts that she interviews. Think, Believe, and Manifest is specially designed to empower your mind and words to work for you and to bring about a life you've been dreaming of. And now, here's Constance Arnold. Well, hello, powerful manifester, and welcome to the Think, Believe, and Manifest talk show. So grateful, so thankful, uh, so appreciative that you made a decision to join me today. And you know something, you will not be disappointed. I believe that the spirit who knows you, who knows all things, has really attracted you to this show and that you will receive exactly what you've been searching for, thinking about, possibly praying about uh, for your life today. Well, it is a a little cold day here in the ATL, but you know, I like to always say that it's not the outside, it is really what you're feeling on the inside. So I always say, this is one of my mantras that I say, this is the day that the Lord has made. I'm going to rejoice, get excited. Be grateful, be thankful, and enjoy it. You know, that seems so small, but that's just one thing that I do every day. Well, how are you doing? Oh, my goodness. Can you believe that it is already the middle of February? And uh, I have a great show for you today. We're going to be talking about my very special guest is Mr. T.J. Woodward and uh, uh, Woodard. (laughs) I got it out. And he's going to be talking to us about how to remove toxicity. I got that out. Let me say it again. Slower, Constance. Toxicity from your life and begin to choose healthy relationships. We know anything that's toxic is first on the inside of you. So many of you uh, are making choices from a, a place of being toxic on the inside. But when you change that, then your choices will change. So I can't wait to hear what he has to say. Well, everybody, I'm so excited about my upcoming free webinar. You know, um, I do things by the Spirit. And what do I mean by that? I mean that I was just sort of thinking about, you know, what can I do to connect more with people? Because I receive your emails and you guys really... um, Uh, ask questions on my social media platform. But what I realized is that I want to talk to you in real, real time. So to teach and to speak is really awesome. And I'm I'm still going to do that. But I want to hear what are you feeling? What, how are you feeling about relationships? What do you want? 
Uh, how do you move on from a breakup? What do you do if you divorce? How do you get back into the dating game? Is there any such thing as a soulmate? What about love at first sight? You know, those kinds of questions. So I'm going to have a free webinar on Sunday, February 19th at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So I want you to get your questions ready. And I think I have entitled it How to Manifest the Love that You Deserve. Whether you single, uh, how to bring, you know, how to attract that person, or I'm going to say how be, how to vibrate or radiate out who you are, so that that vibration will bring to you what you deserve. Or if you're married, you'll be surprised at, at how many loveless marriages there are. And so it's absolutely free. The link is on my website, so you can join me at 4 p.m. Eastern. You know, it reminded me, I'm taking a sip of water. One of my late great mentors, um, Pastor Bill Riley, he was a genius in the area of addiction, codependency, recovery. And uh, I was, he had recruited me to facilitate women who love too much. And I said, Pastor Riley, I am a woman who loves too much. You know, I was, uh, you know, just not making the right choices in relationships. So he called me in his office and he had me to write down how did my last three relationships end? Or how did and and how did they begin? And then he just sort of diagrammed for me. He said, Constance, can you see the patterns in your life? And I'm like, uh, what are you talking about? He said, every man that you dated was a used to be. I'm like, what do you mean? He said, so we took a look at the first guy. The the first guy was he used to be successful in business. So I attracted him because I was codependent and a fixer and let me help you and let me write a business plan. I said, okay, the second guy, he, he had a diagram there. I still remember this. He said, the second guy was just recently divorced. I said, you're right. He said, and so since you were a fixer and codependent, a caretaker, you you, you were uh, helping him to sort of get over his divorce. I remember that. And looking back on that, had he never pointed that out to me and asked me certain questions, and had I never asked him certain questions, I would not have known that that pattern in my life. And and I think the third guy was 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 he got laid out from his job. So of course I was there to to help him with his resume. So so I didn't know that I had 
codependent patterns. Now, in my thinking, when I chose those relationships, I mean, they were all about love and connection, but I always came to the rescue. And he said to me something profound. He said, Constance, you can't be everybody's savior. And I asked him certain questions that really at that time, even though I was a therapist, really helped me. So I share that story so that you could see why I'm doing the free webinar. Because, you know, somebody says you can change your life by the questions that you ask. So get them ready. So somebody said, well, I don't like to show my face on Zoom. Well, don't show it. <laughs> we hope you would because it's a way of connecting. So there's going to be no shame, no shame in your game. Uh, it's going to be a place of safety, vulnerability. You will not be recorded. Uh, if you don't want to ask any questions, that's fine. You can just sit back and listen. And uh, so I just want to make sure that everybody understands that. So it's already up on my website and you can just join that link on Sunday, February the 19th. What else do I want to say? Make sure you go to my website. I thank all of you who are making your donations. You know, I give first class service every week. And so, you know, if you go into a real great restaurant and they just serve you well, you give a big tip, right? Well, I'm not asking for a tip, but I am saying since this show is a blessing to you, right? Has it motivated you, inspired you, encouraged you? I'm inviting you to go to my website, fulfillingyourpurpose.com and just make a donation. You can also uh, cash out me at uh, dollar sign Constance Arnold, or you can zell me at Constance at fulfillingyourpurpose.com. And uh, if you're interested in coaching with me, if you're serious, if you're tired of trying to do it alone, if you've been listening to me and thinking about it, if you are saying to yourself and asking yourself, somebody asked me this the other day, what is life all about? What is my purpose? What am I doing? I feel stagnant. I feel bored, Constance. I know there's more to me. I look on TikTok and other social media platforms, and we know you can't believe everything on those platforms, but I want to live a happy life. I want to live a great life. And so if that is your burning desire, and I would say if, you, if you're going to do a discovery call with me and work with me, it will have to be a burning desire. It can't be wishing and hoping. And what I'm going to do is just listen. One guy did a discovery call with me and uh, 
He said, Constance, what are your prices? And I told him, I said, well, before we do the discovery call, you you go to the website. You can just look at them. And, and I said, but it's not about the prices. I just want to hear if we are a vibrational match. So if you're ready for change, you want to work with a master uh, in counseling and coaching who's not just talking about the life, but who has and is living the life by the grace of God, email me at Constance at fulfillingyourpurpose.com. Is there anything else I want to say? Has anybody told you how special you are today, that you are God's beloved, that the favor and the grace and the love of God surrounds you, that all things are possible, that you are talented and creative, and that your best years, your best days are ahead of you? If they haven't told you that, I just did. So everybody, let's take a deep breath in. Let it out. We're opening ourselves to receive the truth that will deliver, shift, heal, and change our lives. Everybody, stay tuned. I'll be right back. Are you feeling stuck? Are you ready to live a life beyond your wildest dream? Constance Arnold is a seasoned and experienced professional licensed counselor for 25 years and a certified success life coach and would love to partner with you to create your dreams. She's coached and trained over 10,000 clients on five continents and has a proven track record of success. Constance will assist you in getting a clear vision for your life and develop customized strategies, projects, and action steps to begin manifesting your dream. Contact her today at Constance at fulfillingyourpurpose.com and visit her website at fulfillingyourpurpose.com. Well, everybody, I am back and you better put your seatbelt on. We got a superstar in the house today. And you know, we are really getting close to Valentine's Day. I mean, when you go in the stores, all you see are balloons and candy and all of that. So we have an expert in the house. Let me introduce him properly. My very special guest is T.J. Woodard. Uh, He is a revolutionary recovery expert, inspirational speaker, educator, addictions treatment specialist, and a best-selling author. So today, we're going to be talking about how to say bye-bye to toxic relationships as you detox your own doggone self, or how to remove toxicity from your life and enjoy healthy relationships. And he is a featured thought leader on the wholehearted.com 
Arc, along with Brene Brown. We all love her, Marianne Williamson, and so many more. And he will be a featured thought leader in this upcoming docuseries. And it's going to be released in a couple of months. So I want you to open up your heart, open up your spirit, and receive today. So, TJ, welcome to the Law of Attraction Radio Network. Oh my gosh, thank you. I that intro, I can already tell we're gonna have fun. I love your spirit. <laughs> and I'm you. so excited to be in this conversation. Well, you know, for anybody who's watching this, I decided I'm gonna I'm recording from my kitchen today. I've never done that. Getting out of the box with my thinking. Well, teacher, your book and your story and your perceptions and your insight and spirituality are just so interesting and it's what we need right now. So share a little bit about your journey. Wow. Well, my journey, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to try to make it somewhat concise, but you'll make it concise because I got about 20 other questions (laughs) I got from listeners. (laughs) I love you already. So basically my story is I came into the world absolutely filled with awe and joy and wonder and happiness and around seven that experience instantly left me and it felt like someone or something put a wall around my heart and I closed down and I made some huge decisions about myself. I'm unlovable. I'm not good enough. I am unworthy. And from that moment until I started doing my spiritual work and my recovery, I walked around in the frequency of brokenness and gosh darn it, I just kept attracting and I was attracted to lots of situations that confirmed that I was broken. So uh, I got sober young, 20 years old, and that really began the trajectory of my healing. Thank you. And so, you know, I know I look very young, but that was 37 years ago. Oh, honey, you look. (laughs) (laughs) After we end this, I want to know what your secret is. Uh, You know, and so, you know, me me being a therapist for 30 years, I've always been, uh, TJ, interested uh, just from on the inside knowing that we're making choices from that place and 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 we're going to be focusing in on relationships but just on everything else so let's talk a little a little bit about and I know my listeners are tired of me talking about of how child unhealed childhood trauma how does that impact our choices in relationships Well, in my model, Conscious Recovery, I identify the deep root causes of addiction as unresolved trauma, spiritual disconnection, and toxic shame. Mm. Yeah. And if you're looking at, even if it's not an addiction, you could say a relationship issue or finding yourself unfulfilled in your work or finding yourself dating that same person over and over again and thinking this time that person was going to be different. We're looking at what wants and needs to be healed. So the trauma, the disconnection, and the shame are the driving force because in our unconscious or our subconscious, if we have beliefs and ideas about ourselves, we can't help but replicate that over and over and over again. And we can do all the different training we want on how to you know, learn better communication or choose different partners or find fulfilling work. But if we don't do that deep work of healing, we're just going to keep making the same choices over and over again. Expound on shame, because shame is so 
big. I mean, so much stuff happens to many people in their childhood, and there's such shame around it. What does shame do to us and our choices? Well, shame is a belief that we're broken, that there's Mm. something fundamentally wrong with us. And that almost always, I would say about 100% of the time, comes from something that happens quite young in our life. Our little brains, when they're not even developed enough to understand, will often take on the belief that we're broken because something happened. And just full transparency and vulnerability, I have sexual trauma in my past. And it was when Mm. I was very, very young. And I decided that I was broken or that somehow that was my fault. Even though as a 20-year-old, 30-year-old, I knew intellectually that wasn't true, I was still carrying that vibration or that frequency of shame. So I couldn't change it with just my thinking because I did try for about 15 or 20 years to try to just change my thoughts, to change my reality, but I had to do some deeper healing. Yeah. And, you know, they're so powerful, especially uh, I was on a panel and somebody said, what do you feel like is the number one thing? I'm like childhood trauma, unresolved stuff that really creates our core beliefs. Talk about core beliefs. How are they formed and how does that impact what we choose in life? And of course, that includes relationships. Yeah. So I actually call them core false beliefs. Oh, I, I love that. Thank Ooh. you. Yeah. Core false beliefs. It's something that came to me early in my work when I was facilitating a group. And I realized we were talking about core beliefs, but I thought, let me interject that they're lies we picked up because I would look at these beautiful people. You know, I remember this one young woman and she said, I don't care what you say. I am unlovable. And it was heartbreaking to me. And I said, what if these core beliefs are false? So I changed it instantly to core false beliefs. And as we said, they get developed really young usually. And we decide something with very limited information and then it gets concretized or buried in our subconscious most of us or many of us aren't even aware they're running the show. And so the first step is awareness of that. Once I realize that it's the core false beliefs that are creating reality, that's a place of empowerment because we can start to shift that. Well, you know, you talk about toxicity and you said it starts within what you just shared and that we actually create our lives based on the perceptions that arise from the core false beliefs that we hold about ourselves. Wow. Yeah, that's it, right? And so we're we're holding a projector Mm -hmm. and we are projecting onto the world and the lens, and I'm I'm taking this from Byron Katie. I want to give her credit. Okay. If there's a piece of lint on the lens, we will see it everywhere and we'll think it's happening out there, but it's really the lint on the lens. And so Right now in our culture, how many times have we heard, remove toxicity from your life? I'm going to get rid of this toxic work environment. And all of that is understandable, but it's very temporary, right? So that's why people say, you know, I'm in my third relationship and I thought he was going to be different. And suddenly he's the same, right? And that's because the only thing that really needs to be healed is being healed within. Sometimes people will say, it sounds like you're victim blaming because that's also really popular in our culture. Mm-hmm. You're saying that it's the person's, the, the victim's fault. No, I'm not. As a matter of fact, we're moving beyond the whole paradigm of victim. We are empowering ourselves to say, because of something that happened to me when I was young, 
And because I had a limited ability to understand what was happening, I buried these core false beliefs. And then I'm choosing relationships to confirm the core false belief. That's the great news because we're powerful creators. So if we can create it, we can create something else. Something that is so and and you know when you were sharing that TG, I felt such love and such grace and such compassion for listeners rather than than just blaming themselves and others. Right. And I love that you said that because blame is a very low frequency, right? Mm -hmm. And um, I understand if someone is in a horrific, let's say someone's in a horrific relationship and the person hits them, when we shift out of blaming them, we don't want to start blaming ourselves. That's not it either. We want to say, what is possible for healing? If I feel like a victim, I'm actually going to stay in that cycle. The empowering piece is to say, underneath all of this, there's still a whole imperfect being let me reconnect with that. And as I start to shift those core false beliefs, I'm not going to show up for these kind of relationships anymore. That core vibration or frequency is going to automatically attract and be attracted to something different. That's the great news. That's the best news we can offer each other. Are you preaching now? So, um, so how did you, because we know there are many ways for recovery. You know, I've done 12 step and I tell people 12 step is a way. It ain't the only way. I personally believe there are higher ways. I'm not judging that. So once a person becomes aware, it might be, you know, they may be going to food, overeating, you know, so many other addictions. Where would a person begin to say, man, something's not right. I keep making the same choices. What would be their next step? What would you, what do you think? Well, as you say, there are so many paths and my path started at 12 step. Sounds like similar to you've done 12 mm-hmm. step and it was a lifesaver at the time. And then about 18 months sober, I wanted to die, actually. I, mm. I I found myself suicidal. And it was because I hadn't healed any of the underlying root causes. I was just not drinking. And the paradigm that was told to me is, don't worry about anything. Just don't drink. You're a miracle. Now go help someone. And that's kind of a popular thing in 12-step. Mm-hmm. And I just thought, well, why do I want to die? And I met this woman. Her name is Mary Helen. It was actually her 100th birthday yesterday. She's no longer on the planet in physical form. Mm-hmm. She introduced me to a very different way of being in recovery. I started attending a New Thought Spiritual Center, Unity. That was a big part of my path. I became a student of Eastern Thought. Meditation became part of my path. So I've taken a lot of different paths. All of them have led me back home, though. You know, I um, eventually came to a place where, wow, everything I've ever been seeking is already who I am. So it's really been a journey inward. There are what is great now is there's so many pathways. There's refuge recovery, there's smart recovery, there's 12 step, there's so many different spiritual communities. We're at a time where there's so many different pathways for people, and I love it. So would you say right now that you feel like I, 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 I'm I'm verbalizing this, that you're pretty healed and whole? I mean, I know there are levels and and all of that, but do you feel that, man, I've really uncovered and dealt with that and awakened to the wonderful human being, spiritual being that I am? 
Well, I'm going to answer that in two ways. One, when I was in my early, like in my 20s, and I was going to Unity, and I was discovering these principles, I genuinely thought there's going to be a finish line. I'm going to cross it, and I'm going to be (laughs) totally healed. Um, And that's not exactly my experience. But what I will say is, more than ever, I know who and what I am, Mm -hmm. that I'm not my trauma, I'm not my beliefs. I'm not the lies that were told to me. I am a powerful, infinite being. I had a client once ask me, do you really walk around thinking I am love? I am light and everyone else is and you only see love. And I said, yeah, I do walk around that way. But sometimes I forget. So Mm -hmm. I have to remind myself. I have to be in a spiritual practice um, to be reminded of that greater reality. Because you know, sometimes I forget and I start to believe what I hear on the news or believe what my friends are saying. Mm-hmm. Then I have to remind myself, oh, wait, that's not the whole story. That's just a little piece of reality over there. So what about, you know, we're in the law of attraction world over here. And so we, you've heard the mantra, you attract who you are, not what you want. That's sort of what you're saying, that whoever you are on the inside, baby, is who you will attract. Yeah. And I want to take it a little. Okay. A hundred percent. First of all, absolutely true. It's not what I want. It's who I am being that attracts it. But I also want to say we're moving into a new vibration where it's also about the law of radiance, not just attraction. So as I know who I am, I radiate that. I mean, we're kind of coming to the same place though, Mm -hmm, right? mm -hmm. I'm radiating that love. And then someone is like, Ooh, I want to be, I want to be with that. So we're radiating that and then connecting. I was, um, this will tell you how long it was. I was on a treadmill with a Walkman. Do you remember the big yellow Walkman? Yeah. <laughs> I had my headphones on and I was listening to a Marianne Williamson talk and she was talking about relationships. And she said, it's not that you're attracting unavailable people. It's that you're attracted to them. And I almost mm. fell off the treadmill because I kept saying, why do I keep attracting these unavailable people? And her saying that was like, oh, I'm choosing this and I'm choosing it usually unconsciously. So as I radiate the core false beliefs, yes, I'm attracting it, but I'm also choosing it as I radiate the wholeness, the infinite beingness, I'm attracting that and I'm attracted to that. So it's both. It's a law of attraction and the law of radiance. Okay. You're teaching now, TJ. Okay. You know, so really, do you believe that more people are, are are not aware of the law of some people say the law of vibration, the law of radiance, and they're more just outside looking for love, money, health, success? What, what are your thoughts on that? I think that's what most of us are doing. We get taught that from a very early age. Yeah. We look at it through the addiction lens. I call it the destination addiction. Once I get the perfect relationship, I will be happy. Once I get the perfect job, I will be happy. Once I get my next degree, I will be happy. And there's a constant chase outward. And we're trying to shift our externals. That yeah. when, we un- when we unplug from that and say, I like the law of, did you say the law of vibration? That's uh-huh. Law of vibration, law of radiance, law of attraction. When I'm in that understanding and that frequency, then I realize that, you know, each of us has so much more power, but it's really not contingent on the conditions of our life because we're creating them based on our point of view. Let me give me some water behind that one. I'll get some water too. Cheers. (laughs) Cheers.
So it's not about blaming ourselves, but it's about shifting our inner beliefs so that we will begin to attract different circumstances, people. Is that what it is? Yeah, and it really is actually not just a thought, though, right? Because I, I in my first 10 years of these teachings, mm-hmm. did the vision boards, tried to change the thinking, I did the affirmations, and they really helped a lot. And there was a place at some point that I realized my little five-year-old, it wasn't a thought. That trauma wasn't a thought. It was something that got locked in my body. Um, a trauma expert, I can't remember who said it, said trauma doesn't show up as a memory. It shows up as a reaction. Wow. And so I had to heal, not from my 30-year-old self or however old I was, but from the five-year-old. Compassion, love, giving my five-year-old permission to feel because, you know, I just kept a secret. I closed down. There was so much happening in the world. I remember um, watching the news as a little kid and and watching war on the news. I remember my grandfather, who I loved, saying racist stuff. And it was like heartbreaking to me. I remember hearing the men around me speaking derogatorily about women, thinking, I just remember feeling so violated in a way, my spirit. And so I closed down. And so that was all locked. So it wasn't about necessarily only changing the thought. It was also, let me heal that young self. And then, you know, now we call it confirmation bias, where we look, what biases am I holding about the world? And how does that continue to replicate this experience? And these things can be healed, but it's not only in the mind. Oh, I'm so glad you said that because, you know, so many listeners, you know, maybe you're your mom left you, or maybe you didn't get the loving and nurturing that you needed. You know, sometimes I think we think addiction, I mean, trauma is just this big thing. But, you know, maybe you 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 heard your mama's boyfriend beating her, or, or maybe they were words that were spoken over you. All of those things have defined what people believe about themselves. Yeah, and if we look at cultural trauma, right? Race, age, gender, Mm -hmm. um, socioeconomic status, you know, what was normal in like me growing up in the 1970s, what was normal, we would consider horrific now. So I was swimming in that, right? And um, trauma can be something that might seem really insignificant to one person, but to another person, it's absolutely life-changing. When I was five years old, I couldn't tie my shoes. I was in kindergarten. And I remember walking home from school. The teacher sent me home with a board with shoes. I don't think she was trying to traumatize me. Mm -hmm. She was trying to help me. But I walked home saying to myself over and over again, I'm so stupid. I'm so stupid. That little five-year-old decided that at such a young age and that I didn't go to college after high school. I didn't go back to school until I was in my 40s. I had to heal that belief I was stupid. So how can we detox ourselves so we can say goodbye to toxic relationships? What would that look like? Well, I think it would. It's For me, it's twofold. One, it's pretty much unlearning just about everything I've ever been taught that is at the low vibration, right? I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy. We've been talking a lot about these things. Mm-hmm. Healing those core false beliefs 
unlearning all the stories I've picked up about myself in the world. And then the second piece to this is making contact. Actually, it's acknowledging that the spiritual essence that I am, dedicating time in the silence, cultivating a, a deeper relationship with that part of me instead of the personality part. So it's basically having a relationship with my essential self and unlearning everything that I've ever believed that keeps me from it, from experiencing that. So unlearning those stories that we've heard. So are we creating new stories? Well, what are we doing? So as we connect spiritually uh, or do our spiritual practices, do our new stories formed automatically? What would that look like? I love your question. I love all your questions. Thank you. Great, Because I do think a lot of times we hear things like create a new story, write a new narrative. Yeah. And I think it can be really useful. What, how I frame it is living beyond the stories, Mm. right? Because I've carried these stories around and so, you know, I spent a long time trying to let go of the stories. Mm -hmm. Oh, I should let that go. Oh. And I would go into like this, I, Honestly, it was kind of a violent relationship with myself. You should, you should know by now, you shouldn't be thinking that you should have, you know, how many times has someone said to me, I'm 40 years old and I'm still dealing with this blankety blank, Mm -hmm. right? And so living beyond the stories is more about curiosity. Um, In my first book, I write seven words that I want to, that I've intended to release from my vocabulary and two of them are good and bad. And so mm-hmm. if I find myself saying, oh, it's I'm being bad because of this story, I'll say what gets created when I believe this and what would get created if I were to live beyond it. Oh, that's good. That is so good because, you know, we're told just create a new chapter. And so, so are you saying that it is our spiritual essence or being that people will begin to realize this is who I am, which is perfect. Is that what you're you're saying? A hundred percent. That's what I'm saying. And that, that place within ourselves, the way I say it is we all came into the world as a whole and perfect spiritual being. And there is still that place within us, a place that is unharmed and unharmable. And when I make contact with that and start to live from that, the stories don't need to be changed or go away. They just no longer have the power over us that they once did. So it sounds more like, isn't that interesting? I remember when I was taught that. I know that's not true, rather than I shouldn't still be feeling this way. So it's make contact, pause, take a breath. Ah, I know who I am. I'm an infinite being. Wow. That is very powerful. And uh, there are many pathways to healing, but it's so much higher than, you know, some of the pathways that people have taken, uh, you know, to really bring healing. So, you know, I just feel led to say this, you know, as a woman, even for women who might have a food addiction, you know, that, you know, they say, well, try this diet and, and, you know, and join the gym and, and all of that. But all of those are outside um, situations. And one lady, 
uh, I was coaching her and of course, I know you are familiar with this. She said, well, you know, I overeat because when I was skinny and fine, somebody raped me. So she had never dealt with that. So even when it comes to food addictions, you know, sex addictions, I mean, you know, anything, people need to go inside. Is that what you're saying? Yes. And and to what we want to do is even take it a step further. We okay. Would, we would say to her, what core false belief did you decide about yourself when that event happened? Doesn't need to be logical. And is it still alive within you? And is the food something, see, I call addiction a brilliant strategy. Mm, Expound on that. Okay. Yeah. Because we often hear the terms coping mechanism, defense Mm -hmm. mechanism. I call it a brilliant strategy because I'm going to guess for her, the food became comfort. Yeah. Right. So if I am walking around believing I'm unworthy and I find something that soothes that, of course, I'm going to become addicted to it or quite possibly I'm going to want more. And of course, what happens, you know, we don't call it an addiction as long as it's still working. We call it fun, right? It's when it mm-hmm. starts to actually do the opposite. So in my case, I believed I was unlovable. And so I would walk around with that vibration and I was in therapy at the time and my therapist, she was great. And it was, we were all, we were talking about is communication skills, right? And so I need to communicate better, but I kept choosing these people that really were confirming the core false belief. And then I knew I needed to heal that, but see, we don't, it doesn't shift behaviorally. And that's what you're saying, right? It's not about the diet or going to the gym. Mm -hmm. What is the food bringing me? We look at the brilliance of it as a starting point, not with what's bad about it. Then we start to dialogue with it. Is it still serving me? And what is it actually managing? I remember, you know, I worked with clients and we we send people to anger management classes because they should manage their anger. Mm-hmm. And I say, actually, not manage your anger. I say, what is the anger managing? Mm. And let's That's start. good. Yeah, because the anger probably helped you when you first started being angry. Mm-hmm. So it's not bad or wrong. We don't need to manage it. We need to figure out what it's managing and start to actually heal that. So, so what are some spiritual? I hate to say practices. I know you said meditation. So when you are medit, when you started meditating, what did that do to you to heal you? and to help you to tap into the essence of who you truly are? Well, my journey was also a lot about community. There was something really powerful, not mm-hmm. just meditating alone, but also doing it in a collective. And so meditation, well, first of all, I thought the intention of meditation was to quiet my mind. And I will assure you that that did not go very well. (laughs) Oh, I've tried that. (laughs) That ain't working, baby. Exactly. But when someone said, no, the intention of meditation is to observe your mind, then I'm Mm. like, wow, look how active my mind is. So I, I began to observe what was created when I had all these thoughts and I began to invite myself to move down into my heart space and start to actually feel again. It was like thawing out for me. And then ultimately the journey was about reconnecting with my essence. But in the beginning, it was a struggle. And I thought it wasn't supposed to be until someone said, oh no, meditations that are a struggle can be really useful. 
So how do you reconnect with your essence? I mean, people have been in church. People have prayed. You know, I know people, you know, they're crying out there on YouTube. They're on social media searching. How would some we be, someone begin to reconnect with that essence? What would that look like? Well, I think it starts with a recognition of what you and I have been talking about, that we're creating this reality, that it's not really about the relationships. It's about something much deeper. Um, We have to unplug the umbilical cord from everything we're trying to plug into and then plug it into ourselves. And then through meditation and through questioning, I'll give you one tangible practice that is life-changing. And that is what I call living in the question. So if I find myself in a difficult situation, I'll ask a series of open-ended questions. What's getting touched here? What are the infinite possibilities of this moment? What is wanting to emerge? What is great about this I'm not seeing? See, usually Mm -hmm. we go into a judgment and then we, you know, if we're into quantum Mm -hmm. mechanics, we know that then we create that. If we say, let me be curious about this, we start to expand upon Uh, the different possibilities that exist. So even in that questioning, it's kind of like the ego mind or the personality. We start to almost, it feels automatic. Oh, it's always been here. The light is always who and what I am. So, you know, neuroscientists say we're wired for love. So, So what would you say to people? It's a force. I mean, you know, really desiring love. And and I tell some ladies, I say, you cannot go to the arms of a partner and get only what's inside of you and only what God can give to you. So so what do people do with this burning desire to really have love in their lives? What well, would you say to them? Well, it's interesting because it's paradoxical, right? We all want love and connection. As a matter of fact, we all need love and connection. Mm-hmm. An infant who doesn't get loved literally dies. They they need the physical touch. So we need that. There is something in our f- physiology. There's something in our bodies, our mind, our spirit that desires that. I think the issue that we're really talking about is if if I if I disconnect from my true nature, and I want love coming from someone else, that can be a trap, right? Because if I want someone to complete me, it's never going to work long-term. That's why we call it the honeymoon period, right? Mm -hmm. Um, When I'm deeply connected with my true nature, then it's about sharing. I find someone else who's doing that work. And a reminder, there's no finish line. We're all in our healing process. Mm-hmm. When, I, when I'm with someone, whether that's a friend or a romantic partner, a work situation, when we're both doing that, then we're sharing with one another. Then we can start to actually receive love from a very different place. Not a place from need, but from a, a pure place of like, yeah, because that's really why we're here. We're here to love each other. We're here to receive and offer love. But many of us get it, you know, mixed up and say, you know, if that person would just love me, I'd be happy. Yeah, I realize um, my ex-husband, I put so much pressure on that man to to love me and to give to me. I mean, I didn't know back then. It's been a couple of decades, but to to give to me what I didn't have. And and I know so many people are just looking outside of themselves and it just doesn't work. work. And you said it so eloquently. 
Thank you. I mean, it it works until it doesn't, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and mm-hmm. then when you're demanding the person love me in just the right way, and I think that's what we hear a lot, you know, mm-hmm. like toxic people or, you know, now it's like, are you in a relationship with a narcissist? Like, that's the big conversation. Yeah, Instead that's so like, true. What's like, we, you and I are inviting this, like, what's happening within me, right? Because no one can really um, bring me what I truly desire not what I truly desire. You know, and I'm getting a lot of questions on how to find, how to attract a specific person, your your SP, your special person. And what are your I'm sure you've heard you're hearing a lot of that. What do you think about that? Well, I start with every human being on the planet is our special person. Mm-hmm. Right? And the idea that there's that one person waiting for us. And if I can just find them, right, that's that that's that addictive quality. If I can just find mm. them. My friend posted something today that was really cool. She said, um, I can't remember exactly what she said, but um, we're here to find our soul, comma, mate, right? Not we're wow. here to find our soulmate, but we're here to find our soul. Wow. And so then, true. Yeah. And so then that becomes something that we want to share with someone. Everyone's our soulmate. So, you know, let's talk about money a little bit. So are you, cause you know, the two top questions I get, and I, you know, this is true. How can I, you know, I want to be a millionaire and I want love. So, so how does trauma and our unresolved stuff impact success, money, abundance? Yeah. All of the above. Well, that's been my biggest life lesson. I don't know if I came in and chose that one, but that one's been the one that has caused me probably the most pain. I grew up in a family that it, everything looked good. Like we had the four bedroom house, mm-hmm. we had the two cars, but I felt like there was never enough. The message I got was we can't afford that. You know, and so mm-hmm. I early on, I decided somehow that we were poor or that something was wrong with our family. I had all these things around money. My strategy was, I'm never going to let anyone know that. I'm going to look really good. Uh, I started charging up the credit cards. I started, and then I came into the law of attraction teaching. like, oh, now I'm being spiritual and doing it. (laughs) (laughs) But I realized at some point, and this is where the paradox comes in. You know, I was in a... um, a vision board workshop and everyone was cutting out the stuff they were putting on their vision boards. And I remember having this awareness that I wanted my, my vision board to be blank Hmm. because I knew it wasn't about the stuff. It was more about the energy. And then I looked well, now I'm going to confess something to you. So I looked around and saw everyone putting the car and the mansion and the hot partner and I chickened out. So I started cutting everything out and put it on the board because I just wasn't at a place where I could say it isn't about all that. But here's the paradox. When I, I, cause I got everything that I put on the board, by the way, all of it came, came to fruition for me, the successful business, the partner, the house, the car. And then I had that, like, is this all there is that didn't make me happy. Mm-hmm. And so the deeper journey for me was I'm already abundant abundance doesn't have anything to do with money. And then as I dedicated myself, because then my whole world fell apart and I lost everything. I I went bankrupt and the whole thing in my early forties. And I realized 
the greatest paradox. When I realized I needed nothing, everything was available for me. I'm already whole and complete. And then I'm like, oh my gosh, it's not about attracting money. It's all available. But my core false beliefs told me I wasn't worthy of it. And so like, you know, how many times? You you know, right? I know. Say that again. When you said when you said to yourself and you knew deep on the inside, I need nothing. Yeah. Well, I knew that I needed nothing in the material world because the material world wasn't going to bring me happiness. Mm-hmm. Suddenly I was it was available to me in a different way. Because purpose then became about a quality, not a role. Success became about really believing that I'm a whole and perfect being, not what I could get. And then, you know, now I, I, my life feels more on purpose than ever. I have more financial abundance than I've ever had. And it's not, at least not usually based on if I get more, I'll be even happier. Um, A wise person once said, if you're not happy with what you have, what makes you think you're going to be happy with more? Hmm. What do you think of the law of attraction? I love the law of attraction. I think it's a great starting point for a lot of people, especially the people who said, no, I'm the world's just happening. You know, I'm a victim mm-hmm. to it. Like, um, you know, I'm, I'm friends with Michael Beckwith and he was in the secret. And, you know, Michael, sometimes people are like, well, that's kind of, it seems kind of a basic level, right? And he said, everyone's got to start somewhere. Mm-hmm. You got to start by realizing that it's not happening to us, that we are attracting it. And then at some point, oh, and in addition to that, I'm radiating that, I'm choosing that. So I think the law of attraction is incredible. And I think it's wonderful that more and more people are on board with it. I think what happens, though, sometimes is people get caught up in thinking the law of attraction is attracting more stuff, attracting more money. And that's, I mean, yeah, it does work, but that's only Mm -hmm. part I could tell, you know, you come across so... Yeah, my dog's going to start barking in a minute because the Amazon man is out there. So if y'all hear her just going crazy. My dog might bark back. So So I I can sense your wholeness and your peace. I'm not saying perfection, your spirituality, because it really oozes out of you the truth that comes from you. And I think you are exhibit A of what God wants all of us to be, do, and have. That's right. And so what would you say to somebody who, boy, just feels broken, you know, has tried everything, uh, probably has core, you know, those false core beliefs, I'm going to adopt that word, of not good enough, a non-decent. What would you say to somebody who, who's been struggling with just on the outside and knows that there's more? What I would invite is to call off the search just for a moment. Mm-hmm. It's not about the next workshop. And, you know, I love doing these shows, but it's not about the next show because mm-hmm. you know, we're giving information. It really is about this moment and pausing and remembering who and what you really are. And if that sounds too esoteric or isn't necessarily tangible enough or available, look at a small, small baby. Mm -hmm. Look at the whole, now those little babies are perfect, right? They're Mm -hmm. just precious and perfect. 
and remember that you came in that way. And if we can remember that and then start to take that journey, you know, it says the longest journey is from the head to the heart. There's another long journey and that's from the heart down to that being this place. Oh, that little baby is who and what you are. That remembering of that. So if you're struggling in this moment, the struggle is part of the journey, or at least it seems to be that at any moment we can stop that struggle and reconnect with our true nature. So juicy, so good. Wow. So how can people connect with you? Uh, What are your social media platforms? Uh, If you have them, how can they get your book, uh, get in contact with you, all of the above? Thank you. TJWoodward.com, W-O-O-D-W-A-R-D.com. You'll see my social links there. My three books, my workbooks, my courses. Um, It's really an honor to be here and to share my journey. So tjwoodward.com. So what are some of your courses? I'm just curious. Give Um, us an example. I have some courses based on all of my books. So I have a conscious being course, a conscious recovery course, a conscious creation course, and it's video and writing and reading. Um, And I also have a course called Unharmable Course. How do we You are a gift to the world. I have really enjoyed interviewing you. It was easy, spiritual. You're full of 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 uh, not normal wisdom, but wisdom beyond what what we hear a lot. And I always say God has higher pathways and higher beyond what we can comprehend, think, and believe in. That that's how I see you, TJ. Thank you so much. Thank you. It's been an absolute honor. Everybody, make sure you listen to this show over and over again. Tell your friends about it. Share it on your social social media platform, and uh, go to his website. And and really, you got to get his book. I read his book. It's awesome. You, you can see that from how he shares. Get his book. Take some of his courses and reach out to him, everybody. So thank you so much for uh, tuning in. Or you might be watching the Think, Believe, and Manifest talk show and uh, make a decision to really create a wonderful week. Thank you for listening to Think, Believe, and Manifest. Constance Arnold will be back next week with another great show just for you. For more information, please visit fulfillingyourpurpose.com.